My guest today, Liz Grantham, hails all the way from South Africa. It's one of the things I love the most about our current technological age is that we can talk to people from literally all over the world. Liz brought an amazing perspective today with the use of functional fitness, functional movement. I identify with this greatly as it's a large part of my training program for myself and my clients. But it was just interesting to get a take, especially on how people view the inevitability of aging. And I think you see with Liz and a couple other guests that have coming up that you don't have to give in to just being old. You can excel as you age. You can grow and learn more. And we're learning that you could become the best version of yourself as you continue to age. So without further ado, I want you guys to give a big welcome for Liz Grantham. Awesome. Well, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. And you, Darian? I am good. I am good. I hear an accent. Where are you from? I am currently, well, I am South African, um, and I'm currently in Johannesburg. Oh, my gosh. You are, uh, you're very far away from me <laughs> right now. I am very, very far away. I think 10 whole hours. 10 whole hours. Yeah. I hear the accents and I'm like, okay, where is that accent from? I'm not sure which one. It sounds a little bit British, but not so South African, right? South African with with British um, descendants. So um, maybe a little bit of both mixed in. Almost sounds Australian too, a little bit, you know, like a little bit of that. It's interesting. Well, I think we all we all come from the same place probably English South Africans mostly from England and a lot of Australians originated in England so um, loads of connections yeah I think so for sure well and where do you may I ask where you come from in America yeah I am in Blaine Washington so it's about a mile or so from the Canadian border so on the west coast of the United States and it's such a beautiful place just surrounded by water and um, it's very rural. It's only 5,000 people in the town, but it's only 35 minutes from Vancouver and BC. So um, it's a very peaceful place. I enjoy it quite a bit. I believe so. I've not ever, I've never been there. So um, maybe one of these days, my my new adventure will um, get me traveling around all kinds of new places that I haven't been to before. Well, tell me what your adventures have taken you to currently. What are you currently working on or what are you passionate about right now in your life? Well, I'm currently very focused um, on on my new project, which is this digital platform for people that are in midlife or moving through midlife and beyond. Um, that is called the optimal.me. And it's all about how we can keep our physical freedom and independence as we grow older um, so that we can really stay engaged and active and loving life. Um, I am in my early 50s, and I've spent my life working in advertising. Um, so always a very deadline-driven, highly stressful stressful job, and I, I'm a single mom. Um, thankfully, my daughter's now grown up. She's in her mid-20s. But it's been such a wonderful, a wonderful space to go, well, I, I mean, I still do, quite a bit of work in advertising um, and have very big clients but this this moving into this new space and and really being able to 
share everything that I've learned on my journey um, to to making sure that I stay independent and physically free, as I like to say, has been fantastic. Tell me about this physically free mindset. I mean, where did that come from for you? Were you motivated by something or affected by a series of events or moments that brought you to this? Mm, so, so my big motivation actually came from being a single mother. Um, I'm, I'm the youngest of five children, um, but then only had one child myself. And I had a mom who, through much of my childhood, wasn't wasn't that well, um, and it was a massive responsibility as a as a child to to have an unwell parent. Um, and when I had my daughter, I on the spot decided that I was going to be as conscience conscious a parent as I could possibly be. And and one of the things that I was determined to be was as independent as possible, so that I was never her responsibility and as she got older and I got older and my mom got older we all, all got older um, as my mom got closer to the end of her life it was really so wonderful to have siblings and it made me realize even more that you know for an only child to have to go through um, coping and dealing with an aging parent is really not um, it's not kind of a great it's a massive responsibility and, and, an, and a real emotional um, burden, I think. So I became even more motivated to to stay as healthy as possible, to make sure that everything that I was doing was was really making sure that I was going to be independent for as long as possible, um, and that when she moved on, I was going to be able to really embrace life and not be like so many people I know who, you know, when their kids leave home or they kind of stuck, you know. So um, <laughs> yeah. That's been, was at the heart of all of this. It's interesting. It kind of almost kind of that empty nesting aspect of it when a child leaves and, and goes and spreads their wings and starts their own life. You know, often the parents are kind of stuck not knowing what to do or, or they're hampered by physical um, ailments and things of that nature. It sounds like for you, you're like, hey, listen, I want my child to go out there and do things, but I want them to know that. They don't have to worry about me and physically and all the other aspects that you're taking care of yourself. Exactly. You know, I think that that's, I mean, we're living so much longer. Um, yes. You know, when I was my daughter, that well, in fact, as a teenager, my mother got remarried and, and I was, when my friends, why is she doing that? They're so old. <laughs> and we were 41 or 42 on holiday, the same friend and I, and we were like, Oh my word, we're we're so young, and we thought my mom was ancient at that. Right. Time. But even now, you know, when you're 60, you still people are busy. You know, they're physically fit, they're well, they're engaged. Um, we just know that that we can stay around, you know, into our 90s probably. And and for some of us that are already born, maybe you know, 100 is not going to not be such an unusual thing. And if you are if you're healthy in some ways, but physically you're, you really are limited. I mean, I think that that is just very limiting and, and can't be much fun. You know, what's interesting. I, you make me think about looking at, you ever look at like old school documentaries and stuff. It was like different wars and stuff like that, or just settlers or different people. 
and they show a picture of a person who's like 30 years old and you're like that person looks like they're 65 like that's an old looking person and we think life was much more harsh back then but today's people you know i regularly see 50 plus year olds who look incredibly amazing you know but i think our life is is quite different so so when when we think about those older people, they had a much more physical lifestyle than we do now. So they didn't have necessarily the the medicine and, and health interventions that we do. Um, but I think, and I think that they, they certainly didn't have cosmetics to keep them younger. They didn't know about sunblock, you know, or <laughs> well, maybe yeah. the sun wasn't as hot, but, but they, they were far more active than we are as a, as a kind of generations now where, you know, they, they farmed and worked and had gardens and, you know, looked after themselves. Um, and a lot of them, you know, they walked long distances regularly. And I think today, as much as we look much younger and we, we are definitely kind of much younger, our physically, I think we, we live probably a much, most of us, probably are so sedentary in our in our Monday to Friday life that if it weren't for all these these modern interventions, we would probably physically be a whole lot lot older than were than they were, you know, at the same age. Yeah, I think so. It'll be interesting if you had kind of the work ethic or the physical nature of people back then with the technology and the knowing how to take care of yourself a little bit better. Now it's a different time. I, I always often think, what's the, but I often think, what is the blowback of living so long? You know, is our, is our world ready for people living so much longer than, than maybe we've we've been used to? You know. Well, I mean that is very philosophical, and I think they will keep. You know, everybody will have their own view on the matter. I mean, I. I think that well, number one, we all know that there are so many people in our world today. Um, and we are all living longer. And I think while you have a great quality of life, um, living longer is is fantastic. You know, while you can contribute, um, while you can be purposeful, I think that that you know, living is is spectacular and wonderful and something that we should just you know ultimately all be really grateful for. But I think when when life becomes limited, um, and and perhaps you know. Um, you're in a space where you you're no longer engaged with a community, or you no longer have a purpose, um, or you're unwell and and you know you're physically very limited, and and you know you watch people's lives shrink, um, and and I think some of the shrinking of life is natural and wonderful if you're in a community or you know you you things are smaller, but but if you're shrinking because you're unwell, because you're physically unwell, or you you know you're suffering from illness and ailments or you're in so much pain that you that you can't move or I think that that is that's a harder a harder thought to deal with because um it's not to say that having difficulty means that you shouldn't be living but you know when it's when it's nature might be saying enough already but um medical research is saying no 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 we can keep you going I I think that that becomes a very personal call. Yeah, I think it's interesting in how, like, I've read some articles and looked about people basically living longer and how it's changing retirement. 
mm-hmm. that people are putting off retirement to much older ages because they still feel very capable of working and working well and and doing things and that you know there may be people who have been born that are going to live well into their hundreds and that things are going to change in that i think it's great it's, but is you know if you're able to have a good quality of life during that time but i want to get back to kind of the shrinking of person's life and um i see that a lot with people i was like they're i don't want to say disability but like as they maybe their lack of physical activity their lack of of taking care of themselves has caused them to shrink down their activity. How do you go about talking to people who have had those issues? Well, I think all of us travel a journey. I mean, we, we're all on a, on, a, on a journey to somewhere, and, and most of us know what we should be doing to be well. For sure. Um, but there also are many people who, who are not focused on wellness or health because for much of your life you're well and you're healthy and you're getting on with doing the things that you do you know you're working you're doing sport you're raising your family you're you know traveling for work or or in a job and you're really busy um and and life fills your time and and while you're well and healthy you don't pay much attention to what's to come so you might not necessarily be thinking about you know, anything that that is kind of preventative or preparing you or giving you control over what's going to come next. And often that what comes next either comes in some kind of a crisis. Um, It might be, a you know, a health crisis, an injury um, or, you know, even just, all right, I've now retired. What do I do with myself? I think people often in that space, you know, just don't know what to turn, what to do next, because we we fill our lives with so much stuff. And often it's, you know, people haven't spent any time researching health and wellness or, you know, how how keeping your body um, in in a really good functional state is crucial to your ability to get through your day until they kind of have a crisis. And I think in crisis is when most of us have no choice but to change that we really go right you know now I have to do something and and hopefully you find a health professional or somebody that's going to help you you know find a way through it my view on this and when I talk to people is that we can take control on around our ability to age well and act and to stay active um there might be things that come our way that that are unpreventable you know I could get hit tomorrow with a really debilitating big illness but short of of those issues oh you know i could have a car accident or something right. terrible and yeah. be able to. but if i don't have something big and extraordinary like that happen to me i am able as an individual to take control of how i age i don't have to age in a way that is going to make me lacking in in independence unable to move unable to participate in life i mean can you imagine, you know, not being able to play with your grandchildren or you're so old and decrepit at whatever age that your grandchildren don't want to spend time with you? I mean, that really is a reality. And the, the amazing thing is, is that you, you don't need to be rich. You don't need to have a lot of space. You don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to do any of those things to be able to stay active. And honestly, I mean, a most wonderful people who stay physically active, um, and I'm not talking about running marathons or doing any of that, but who really stay physically active, 
live longer and better. I mean, the most interesting thing is the research has shown that the most functionally fit people are domestic workers or housekeepers, people that work in hotels, cleaning rooms, um, doing that kind of work because they bend and stretch, you know, they, they mm -hmm. squat and extend, they twist and they turn and they, they're up and they're down all day. They are moving through life doing all of the move, the, you know, the, the basic functional movements that we were created to do. And, and whilst they may have a job that many of us go, oh my word, that must be so hard or, or whatever. They are so functionally fit and, and so, you know, able to move well um, that they do great. So, so the reality is, is that none of us need, there's no reason for us not to be functionally fit. And functional fitness means a different thing to you, to me, to a professional athlete, to a mom. So um, I'm sure you know a lot about functional fitness. Sure. Um, but for many people, they've not, you know, they've maybe heard the term in relation to sports or something. People are starting to talk about um, functional wellness. I think now, you know, we hear more about functional medicine and functional medicine doctors. We, we're hearing right, about right. That. So it's kind of bubbling up. And I mean, what is wonderful is that it really is all about how we are meant to be. It's not an intervention necessarily that is about um, pharmaceuticals. Sometimes it is, but often not. Um, and the same with functional fitness and functional movement. Um, so if we are functionally fit, I mean, that that is fit for purpose. So if you're an athlete, maybe, you know, and, and you, you're a sprinter or you have to do something fast, you might do a lot of work on your quads and, and whatever it is that helps you be really strong to sprint fast and to be explosive because that's what you need in your job. Um, if you're a mom and you're in your early 30s or your late 20s, you've got to be bending and lifting and, and you know, you've got to have a different kind of strength to pick up your kids and have two on the hips and your groceries, etc. compared to someone in midlife who potentially has is looking to make sure that they can stay active and have what I call physical freedom, being able to do whatever it is you choose to do in your day or in your life, whether it's traveling and climbing a mountain or, you know, um, being able to walk up lots of flights of stairs without getting out of breath or being scared of falling, whatever it is that you need to do to get you through your day is what gives you a good quality of life. Um, and, you know, for me, that is just, it's just so key. And, you know, you don't need an expensive gym or, or a, a very smart program where everything is getting well done. You really just have to get back down to moving a whole lot more than we do now, generally in our daily life. And to moving kind of in an integrated way where you're treating your body as a whole rather than as the individual parts. Well said. You know, what I really picked up on, especially the controlling, well, a few things, controlling, we have control of our aging. I, uh, I remember sitting in one of my college classes and my professor saying that, you know, you could be, there's tons of research on this. You can be 50 years old and have the same functional capacity of a 25 year old. And I remember thinking that's mind blowing. And I'm a really young guy listening to this, but it started me down this path of like, why do people allow themselves to not have a level of physical freedom that their body is designed to have? It's, it's available. You know, like mm. you said, you know, barring a large 
ailment that happens or whatever. I'm not, we're not discounting that. That happens in life. But generally speaking, I think you're right. Most of it is completely controllable based off of your, your actions or lack thereof for that. And that the body is incredible. It has this ability to be functionally really amazing through the later ages of life. I, in fact, I don't think that we know how physically amazing we can be throughout our life. Because often, if you look at the numbers and the population, as so many people are not experiencing physical freedom. And a lot of that is through hypokinetic diseases. They're not moving regularly do that. So I think it's interesting that, one, I love the term physical freedom. I don't think I've heard that before. I like that. Right. And two, we control our aging. I think that's something to really pinpoint because I think a lot of people don't look at it that way, Liz. I don't think they, they think I get a certain age. This just is what happens when you get a certain age. You know, have you heard that before with people? Well, I'm just old now. You know. And and I think there is this feeling of inevitability, and and yes, that, that's part of why I built this new business. I mean, as I said to you, I've had more than 30 years in advertising. I've worked on, I mean, I've been quite lucky. You know, someone who likes sport and movement, and and you know, I've I've played on both sides. I've been involved in so many Olympic games. You know, the FIFA Football World Cup, Rugby World Cups. I've I've worked closely with lots of athletes and. And I don't really like exercise. Well, I didn't. I was a swimmer when I was young. I have, through my working life, I mean, a lot of the time I was, you know, I was kind of out doing events, part of what I, my work, I was quite busy in my, in my early 20s. But as my career progressed and I was far more sort of executive-like and, you know, having to do more strategy work and more thinking work and, and all of that, my my time out in the field was less and less and less. And I sat more and more and more. And over time, you know, the deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. I, I, I have a few sayings that I like. I don't remember many things. But one of them um, was a woman who was being interviewed for a book. And she said, you know, in our day, we didn't live by the tyranny of the clock. <laughs> and for me... It just was like, this is my life. I live by the tyranny of the clock. You know, I'm in advertising. Deadline, deadline, deadline. Clients phoning, we need this now, or this is tomorrow, or this person's let you down, or whatever. And and so you're all, every 30 seconds counts. And you're on that, you're in that space where you've just got so much you've got to get through. That exercise is actually something that becomes just something you you put aside because you're okay you know physically when you're 25 and 28 and 30 you're still okay even if you're sitting quite a lot you're up and down you know you've yeah. got kids you're moving around um and for me i got i was in my my kind of late 40s not that long ago and and i really was in a phase where i was dealing with clients in the us and in australia at the same time and here i was in south africa so we were doing long hours because of the time zones, massive deadlines, big projects um, with too many people, too many inputs. And um, I'm a great believer in, in um, psychotherapy. I love, I love the therapeutic process and analysis. And, and I have as one of, for me to be well, it's been something I've done my whole adult life is go for therapy. Right. And um, my therapist actually said to me, you have to go and exercise. Um, you are on the verge of adrenal burnout. I mean, I think you've got adrenal fatigue. And I was like, oh, rubbish. You know, <laughs> Haven't got time for that. Haven't got time for that. I've got too much to do. Blah, blah, blah. 
And he said to me, well, you can choose. You can either actually go and exercise and stop making all these ridiculous excuses because that will bring you back from the space that you're in right now. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, I really can't do adrenal fatigue because that is like, that's really problematic. I quickly ran and got a book, you know, I'm a big believer in research. And I thought, oh God, well, I don't have this yet, but I really don't want it. Um, and I started doing quite a lot of research around exercise because I mean, I'd had a personal trainer. I'd done, you know, I tried to run so that I would feel the high of running that I'd never want to give it up. Oh, just didn't work for me. And that was how I learned through one of my functional medicine practitioners here who, who started telling me that they'd heard about somebody that was practicing functional movement. And I took myself off eventually to this class at the gym on a Friday night. And I was quite beside myself that I was even going. And it was life changing for me. I've never not loved exercise since. In 50 minutes, my entire view of what my body was supposed to feel like, how it could feel, um, how people that had been doing this kind of work and, and this kind of movement had aged so well. I mean, there were literally women in their early 80s, 70s, 60s, men too, that had been doing these classes and, and working with this wonderful, wonderful functional movement practitioner, well, he's more than that, Yanni Klaassen, who is um, the guy on our site who, who creates all our workouts. And I mean, if you look at him, he is going to be 60 this year, and his body is extraordinary. It's, you know, it's not big and buff and muscled out, and but it is, it's beautiful. And he just believes that the body is an orchestra that needs to be played, you know, every bit of it to make it work and to make it, and to make it work in the best way every bit of it needs to move, you know, whether it's the, you know, the, the bass player or the violins or the percussion, when all of it's working, that's when it's at its best and it's balanced and it's beautiful. And that's what he teaches. And some of these, these women had been, and men in his class for like more than 20 years, they'd been going to his movement classes and they were quite extraordinary. I mean, I was embarrassed watching what they were able to do and how energized they were in that class. Right. And I was like, okay, I can do this. This is not something that is only for the next six months to get me in shape. This is something that I can do for life. And I think that that also makes a difference when you find something that works for you, when it's not something that is so hard to sort of force yourself to do every day or every week or whatever it is. Um, and that's what I love about functional movement. And it's why I say it's, you know, it's your path to physical freedom. Because if you just do 15 minutes every single day, I can promise you, you're going to feel completely different in, you know, in three weeks time than you did when you started. It doesn't have to be a whole, you know, I've now got to sign up for a class five times a week or, and as you learn the movements and stuff that are really the basic movements that we make as human beings that we were designed to make. You can incorporate them into your day, you know, for five minutes when you want to stand up from your desk or, you know, when you're walking through the park, you can kind of like move in a different way or do some different stretches. And, and I think um, that's what I, that's what I really love. And I now don't go without doing them. You know, my body kind of asks me to move um, and I never believed that would ever happen to me. That's wonderful. I mean, that's a great story. And um 
I think it's interesting, you know, the word functional is becoming much more mainstream. I know for me, my training practice and being in the business, exercise business for almost 20 years, majority of my work with clients is in functional movement, activity, exercise. So I'm very familiar with what you're talking about. But I think it's interesting for the general population is getting back to kind of this inevitability that talk a little bit more about that. Maybe the psyche of somebody saying, oh, well, I'm just, it just happens when you get older, you know, like combating that mentality. Well, you know, in life, I think it's always hard to kind of convince, let me not say convert, but convince people with a bad attitude <laughs> to, to change their way. Um, and there's nothing worse than than somebody who comes along and bangs on at you or lectures you or makes you feel like oh yeah. just be quiet you know really <laughs> um and i and i think for me it's a life lesson in general isn't it you know we can we can choose whether the glass is half empty or the glass is half full and sometimes people who always choose the glass half full can be quite irritating because it's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Can you not see the <laughs> you know, whatever. And on the other hand, people with the glass half empty are real kind of negative nellies. Oh, do you always have to be such a downer or whatever? And just like being, being functionally fabulous is about finding balance. I think that's what I always try to impart to people is you know, we search for balance. We search for work-life balance. We search for, you know, how do we balance nutrition? How do we balance um, what time we spend with our friends and what time we spend on work? We, we are endlessly searching for balance in our relationships. You know, who's got the upper hand, who's not? We're on a path constantly looking for balance. And I think that's almost a human truth, really, that even if we don't understand it, kind of to be like that, we are searching for balance. And and it's difficult to find. But if you can find, I, I will advise someone who says, you know, I am old. I go, well, I'm actually also old on the way to being older. And, and actually, I'm loving getting older. And I'm loving getting yeah. old because I've made small steps along the way. I didn't change everything all at once. I've also been working and, and doing all of those things. But I've when you when you think about making healthy choices when you're making choices rather than just making an inevitable choice small little gains actually you know if every day you make a little gain when you look back in a month's time you've actually made 30 little gains as opposed to not making any at all so my advice always is to look at what you can do that's not going to be too hard, something that you can make a commitment to. Um, so, you know, I can make a commitment that for five minutes every day, I'm going to do an integrated movement routine. When I wake up every morning, I'm going to take five minutes to do that. That's a promise I can keep to myself. Um, if I promise myself that I'm actually going to go to the gym and do a yoga class or a spinning class or whatever, three days a week, chances are I might not keep that promise to myself when my day right. gets and I think that that even when you're in that place of giving up, you can make a small promise to yourself. If you are old and you and this is now inevitable, and I sit in my chair 
from morning to night watching horrible television or I sit and read or, you know, I don't have people in my life or whatever, you actually can get up and walk around your chair every hour. Instead of sitting for five hours at a stretch or whatever, every half an hour, you can just walk around your chair. That's more than you were doing yesterday. <laughs> and it's not impossible to make that promise to yourself. And for me, that's what turns the tide against that feeling of, well, this is inevitable. Because it's not, you know, and there's so much out there and all of us that are aging, we've got so much to offer. I mean, you know, we've lived, we've lived through, we've probably lived through some of the most extraordinary times of change that any generation is any, ever going to live through. Um, you know, when I was young, there was no television, there were certainly no computers, you know, all of those things. Right. That's, that's all happened in my lifetime. Now, if we can have cope with all of that change in our lifetime, we really don't have to give up and presume that everything is inevitable. Now, I'm interested in South Africa. You got me thinking, because I know in, in the United States, there, there is, there's this movement for more exercise, physical activity movement, but our research shows that it's actually only between 10 and 20% of the population in the U.S. that's actually meeting daily recommended exercise guidelines. How is that in South Africa? I, whenever I talk to people from different countries, I wonder what the terrain is like or the outlook is for people being active in that country? So unfortunately in our country, we have some of the worst obesity rates I think in the world. Really? Mm. I did not we, know that. In South Africa? In South Africa. Whoa. And, yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of it is determined by economics. So you find, um, a lot of, you know, the, the more kind of higher earners are, are very fit. There's a massive interest in, in physical activity. I mean, if you were in, a, in one of our big cities, Cape Town or, or Johannesburg, and really kind of in the, in the central areas, you would find fit people out cycling, running, rowing, surfing, doing all of those things. And, and people, and our gyms are all busy. Um, mm -hmm. People work out a lot. Um, and they are very committed. When you move out of the cities and, and you kind of get into the into the outskirts and, and then into the poorer, more rural areas, um, obviously where people are really, I, I think diet plays a massive part of, of our problem. Um, people walk, you know, in, in our country, people walk a lot. Transport's not so easy um, right. if you're out of the cities. But diet is problematic and, and the mixture of kind of... Um, a west a more westernized diet and fast food accessibility to fast food um how expensive food has become has really had a very big big impact on our general population but as a country we love sport we are committed to sport um we have very fine institutions um that do amazing research and and support physical activity um, you know, our president tries to get people up at walk and walking at 5 a.m. on Friday mornings with him around here mm -hmm. and there because he knows it's a problem. Um, but we're not nearly as as a nation. We're not nearly as 
as active and fit as we should be either. Oh, that's interesting. I had no clue. But what I'm finding is that every person that I talk to from a different country around the world on the podcast, or I just talk to generally, that we're pretty much experiencing the same problems. It's becoming a global issue um, of obesity and lack of activity. And I, I often wonder like, okay, you and I, Liz, we're talking about this. And then I'm talking to a bunch of other people who are into this. Why are the numbers not moving? Why isn't there a larger increase in people becoming more active? Even though it's coming online to become a much more important thing, people know they have more access to the information about this than ever. Yet the, the, the statistics are not changing. What do you think that is? I think that, that people, you know, if somebody doesn't know what to do or where, you know, how to go about it or it's new to them, um, they, they just stop, you know, because I think, I think our world has become far more overwhelming um, yes. than it <laughs> yes. was before. And I, think, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, and I honestly think, I mean, uh, the optimal me, we undertook last year a, a, a research study in the States because when I started this project or this business, it's not a project now, it's kind of really grown. I had no idea that nobody, and when I say nobody, not anybody, but that the majority would not know what functional movement was. Mm -hmm. It didn't occur to me, of all of the research I did in my business plans in looking at this, checking whether people understood what functional movement or integrated functional movement was, didn't enter anywhere into my, into my planning. And I couldn't understand why nobody understood when we started advertising. Yeah. And I, Said, let's just stop maybe we really need to do some proper research and we engaged with a big research company and we did a study that we called understanding the 50 plus fitness target market in the u.s um, that included more than 800 americans between 50 and 69 years old and i mean it was it was amazing that kind of four out of ten were deaf considered themselves definitely not fit so I mean, if you know you're not fit, well, are you going to do anything about it? Um, and we try to dig into that. Um, and their commitment to regular activity was just low, even though they know that for bone health, activity is incredibly important. Um, only 11% kind of train regularly. And, and I mean, that is extra it was extraordinary to me. But even more extraordinary was that they wanted to exercise at home. They didn't want to go. Only 20% of those people we sampled actually go to the gym. They're, mm -hmm. they're nervous about going to the gym. They don't yeah. want to be training with 20 and 30-year-olds that are all looking spectacular and they feel a bit foolish because they don't know how machines work or whatever. You know, me, I don't really want to be in the gym because I don't want anyone sweating on me. I mean, if you tell me <laughs> I must go into a spinning class, I would actually <laughs> rather never... Like, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> so we all have those things. Um, but the other reason that people were, were really worried in this age group was that they were definitely um, finding, you know, 70% said things were getting harder to do. And, and sort of like almost 60 were saying that they were experiencing more physical pain. Um, and whilst they all, you know, 90% were like, we really want to remain active in the future. 
They had issues of scheduling, convenience, comfort and privacy, all of the things that kind of we don't prioritize in daily life anymore because we just don't, we've forgotten how to. We're so busy on our phones, on our tablets, on our computers, at work, rushing here, rushing there, that that we have forgotten that all we've got to really do is go back to the basics. And I think what what really was extraordinary was when we unpacked what functional fitness meant. Uh, well, I mean, literally, 80% said they'd never even heard of functional fitness. Functional movement, even less. Um, but when they understood what it meant, they was like, we think this is something that we need to investigate and will do well for us in the future. And I think, how do you find, as, as a person, how do you find a balance, you know, how do you fit these things into your day? How do you know what to do when you're overwhelmed with information? When you can go on YouTube and find millions and millions of options of what to do, or you, you know, you put one Google search term in and, and you know, if you're looking at your health, for instance, and you Google, I don't know, diabetes or, you know, thousands yeah. of articles. And I think people then just go, well, this is just too much, so I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, they're almost paralyzed by the amount of uh, information. I, You know, I often, kind of the analogy I have with this is kind of like if you're eating at a restaurant and a restaurant has this gigantic menu and there's, you know, seven, eight pages of, of items for food and you're like, this is just too much to choose from, so I'm just going to default to what I normally eat type of thing. And it's very similar. I think it's you get all this information. You're like, well, I'm just going to do nothing because I don't know what to choose. There's just too much information here. And I think you're right. I think we are overwhelmed by all the things that encompass our life. And it's weird because it's kind of like we're making that happen, though. We're putting ourselves in that situation by being on all these devices and all these things on a regular basis. We don't know how to section our time properly to go, okay, here's what's important. Let's do an evaluation. Here's here's what's important in my life, what I need to tend to or putting, you know, restrictions on those things. So I think that overwhelming aspect of it is, is totally true, totally. And not only overwhelming, let's just talk a little bit about trust. Hmm. Because who and what do you trust in this overwhelming world of information yes. that we now have coming at us? And I think um, us midlifers, are, and and midlifers and seniors, I would say, you know, um, are even more sp- suspicious of what we find online and the information that comes at us and, you know, what is true, what isn't true. You know, today I read this bit of research and it says I mustn't drink coffee. Tomorrow I read this next research that's come out and it says, you know, coffee is really good for you and is going to help you if you've got this and this and this and the next thing. And it's the same with exercise, you know. Exercise for most of us as in our age became really during our lifetime about beautifying, not about how right. you feel. And and there's still such a focus on beautifying. I mean, the, the, the fitness industry is built around beautifying, isn't it? I mean, it's only now that people are, you know, there's been this mindful movement where people have over the last 20 years, I suppose, kind of started going back to to practicing yoga. Um you know, people people started doing Pilates or, or all of these these 
exercises and, and movement trends and, and yoga stands separately or Tai Chi or a lot of those Eastern um, movement practices that are ancient yeah. um, and that are built around, you know, mindfulness and, and controlling your body and, and all of that. But, but a lot of the stuff that we do in the Western world is about beautifying or it's about, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm not knocking marathon runners, triathletes. It's competitive. That's what it mm. is. It's competitive. So, and sometimes those competitive exercises are fun and they're great and don't give them up, but they're not always so good for your body if Very you're true. not looking after your body as a balanced whole. So if you're going to be a marathon runner, you really need to make sure that, that to recover faster, to, to run for longer and whatever without really only being focused on your lower body, that you are practicing you know, functional movement routines in some way so that you're bringing balance back. Um, because when we're balanced, you know, I don't know why I'm even telling you this nonsense, because you know, when <laughs> you're balanced, you know, your risk of injury is less. Um, and I think in the States, the statistic is that 64% of people over 50 or whatever it is that go to the emergency room are going because they've taken a fall and have, and have yes. injured themselves falling. I mean, what does that say about the fact that we are not, our bodies are not balanced? You know, it's or, not often. Yeah. You know, most of those injuries are twisted ankle, you know, you slip or you twist an ankle, or you, you know, you lose your balance. And we can, again, we can all do something about that. We don't need to be rich. We don't need to have a lot of time. We don't need to be clever. We don't need to be any of those things. We just need to start moving our bodies the way that they were designed to move. So funny, you know, was you made me think of like, I was just on a cruise with my family and like yourself, I have I have one child and, you know, we're at the pool with her and she takes a spill. She falls down, gets right back up, boom, starts going to play. And my wife looks at, looks at me and she goes, can you imagine if an adult fell like that? What would happen? They would be going to the hospital. And, and I said, it doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> you know, and she, she knows. She's like, I know. It's just funny, like how as we get older, there's this fear of 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 getting hurt or like if we fall down or something happens it's going to be a major issue because we're not prepared to move our body in a way that would be unconventional and so we i, I think it goes back to that shrinking your body down to what it's what you think it's capable of and it's i find it very interesting like you watch a child and they're so like limber and they they put themselves in funny situations where they're jumping and falling all the time and adults do everything they can to never get injured or not, not that you're trying to get injured, but like they don't stretch themselves in a way that may be a little different than what they used to do. And we, we get older and we start placing these limitations on ourselves over and over. And I've seen it. I was at the airport one time and a gentleman fell right in front of me and he literally couldn't get up. He literally, I had to take all of my weight. I'm a tiny guy and pull this big guy up because he couldn't get himself off the ground. I said, man, this is crazy. You know, like people can't get up off the ground. Yeah. And and never mind that. So so now can you imagine you can't get up off the ground. You can't get out of your bed. You can't get into the bottom drawers of your of your wardrobes yep. or of a fridge. You can't climb a ladder to take something off a shelf. I can't do this. I can't do that. You've always got to wait for somebody to come and help you. Yeah. Um, we, we've got some very small little basic tests that we do. I mean, look, 
I, we are not a medical um, site. We're about functional movement and, and offering people the ability to do kind of integrated movement routines that can, can fit into their lifestyle so that they can really kind of keep their bodies functional and, and balanced and, and in alignment. So, so we're very careful about not, not promising that, you know, that we're a, a medical program. But we do a very basic little functional test just for people yeah. to, to for people to kind of have a marker as to how they're doing. And it's really interesting because sometimes people do and, and they they do a lot of exercise. You know, they spend a lot of time doing yoga and this and that. And they're surprised at how at, at some things they're so good and like they score really high. And then one thing comes along and maybe it's balancing on a right leg or balancing on left leg or whatever. And they're horrified at how bad they or or how little ability they have on that part of their body or and it's not something they've ever noticed. And and then they're like, oh, I must, you know, I, I need to think about this in a different way. And that is the wonderful kind of aha moment for a lot of people is, you know what, never mind us. You were just talking about kids and how they move. Just yeah. think about nature in general. Think about animals. I mean, animals at play are also the most extraordinary things to watch because they have the best time. I mean, I live in South Africa. You know, I've, I've had the privilege. I've worked across our continent, you know, in, in she was a lot of countries. I'm not even sure how many. Yeah. And I've, I've been privileged enough to spend a lot of time in, in, in the bush, which is, is just a, a really um, extraordinary space to be in. And to watch animals in nature going about their life um, is amazing. You know, they are functional. Good Lord. I mean, if there's anything functional, it's animals. And were we not, as early man hunter-gatherers, yeah. totally functional? Because our lives depended on how we could move. You know, we we had to be able to move. Otherwise, we weren't going to be around long. And now we we have we've forgotten all of that. Um, you know, as we all are on an elliptical or we're on a treadmill or we're doing <laughs> bicep curls or, you know, this for our glutes and that for our inner thighs. Isn't that funny, right? Like we, we go to a gym or we go to some place to stand still, to be in a stationary position instead of having dynamic movement. We travel somewhere to stand still. So, so funny to me, you know? I mean that is what that is that is the way our world works because it was it is has been a trend and then with the trend comes big business so I mean if you think yeah. about the massive economy that is built around around gym and you know what going to gym is not bad if, if no that's not what, at all you know, if that's what you like but you've got to add this ability to move functionally if you're not keeping the range of motion in your joints mm -hmm. right and I mean and also if you are not able to move kind of from posture to posture, like kids do, you know, they're bending and then they're twisting yeah. and then they're turning and then they're going backwards. And we, as we get older, need to maintain as much of that ability to move in patterns as we can, because that's what, that's what stops us from falling over. Um, and it's not, it sounds so hard, you know, as I'm saying this now, I'm, I can just imagine someone saying, what is she talking about? <laughs> that sounds really difficult. Um, and it's really so simple when you start doing it. It's like, oh, my word, I can't believe that this could be as simple as that. And as you learn those, putting together our basic 
functional movements in an integrative way, you can be moving all through your day, you know, just doing those things that we're meant to do. And it's and it really is as simple as that. It's wonderful. I think when you look at a child, I look at my daughter, she's skipping all the time. She's throwing her body all the way around, twirling around, twisting. And I always look at her and I go, man, when a person becomes an adult, they start throwing away those movements. They start becoming very sagitally based. You know, they're moving forward and backwards, flexion, extension. Mm. And uh, they just really, they, they start limiting yourself. It's beautiful to watch, like you said, animals and children move because it's more the essence of what should be doing. But I also think sometimes adults, they they downplay it with other adults. They go, oh, what are you doing? That looks foolish. You know, they try to like put people down for doing different things. Um, when in reality, they're just trying to have better mobility, stability, range of motion for all that, you know. And I get that with gym. If you if you go in a gym and you're doing a variety of functional movements it looks weird to people, <laughs> you know, they're like, what are they doing? I'm not, you're not doing bicep curls. Why, what are you doing? You know? And so I think it's just getting the word out more, getting, becoming more mainstream, but hopefully moving the dial a bit more because I really resonate with what you're talking about, you know, getting older and like, we don't have to allow this to happen to us. You don't, it's not like some, requisite thing that you get a certain age and you just fall apart that's not true that's a lie that society has been telling you or whoever's in your in your ear telling you that you know well i want to just say i mean i'm i'm going to be 53 i don't know if i said that earlier i'm very you can tell i'm very proud of it yes you are <laughs> yes you are i can tell liz for sure and i think it's great but you know what life is fantastic you know, it's not that my, that it's not hard or difficult or I don't have, you know, tough days, etc. But it is so wonderful to get to a place where life becomes around how you feel, where you mm. can really kind of be in that space where feeling good is kind of your priority as opposed to how you look, what others are going to think of you, how you're going yeah. to be judged. Um, all of those things. There is an extraordinary freedom that comes with getting older. And to be able to embrace that because you're physically well. And I mean, that means, you know, that you're looking after yourself, how you eat, um, you know, that you're thinking about what's going into your body because that's part of it. And and also that you're looking after your mind. I mean, we haven't touched on that. And I know we're, we're kind of going to be shortly out of time. But, you know, when you are doing functional movement patterns and, and integrating them, because you can keep changing those patterns, and it's one of the things, um, that that we really believe in is you're actually giving your brain a good workout too. Yes. And you know movement is really good for for your cognitive ability, not only for your physical abilities, but for your brain. I mean your brain, your your brain health, your memory, your mood. Um, you know doing doing movement and kind of and and this is sort of any kind of exercise really. I mean helps you decrease any feelings of depression you might be having or decreases your stress and anxiety levels. And I don't believe there's anyone in our world that isn't suffering from stress and anxiety, not with all the news that gets flung at us, <laughs> not with all the information that gets yeah. flung. You know, I mean, there's just, we just have to deal with so much all the time, whether it's advertising billboards as you're driving your car, if you're listening to a radio or watching television, your phone endlessly pushing messaging at you. And that we not, that we don't realize that, I mean, 
you know, it's a no-brainer to actually move more and to make movement your medicine. It, yeah. it just is the most simple thing. And yeah. yet, if it's not going to cost you a lot of money, if you're not going to need to have special outfits, if you're not going to need, you know, all of these things that are not necessary um, kind of stand in your way or your lack of time or your your whatever it is. You know, you're too important and too busy to find time in your schedule to move. And and I think that it's just, it is beyond foolish on any level. Even if you haven't moved for 20 years, get up right now if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and walk around your chair or go and, you know, just go and do something. Bend down and clean out a bottom drawer that you haven't looked at for ages. Um, and if you can't get onto your knees because you haven't been to that place for such a long time, then just sort of twist while you're standing up. Just do something. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is that simple. It is pretty simple. And I think these conversations continue to, prom to promote the points we're trying to get across, you know, and just being mo moving more regularly, being more active. And, you know, the numbers are still very similar, but I think little by little, one by one, I love talking to people like yourself, Liz, who have a great attitude. You know, as you mentioned, you're aging, you're 53. I'm 41. I'll be getting there at some point. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I love getting older. Honestly, I love it. I, I feel like I'm the best version of myself at this age versus when I was in my 20s. Mentally and physically, my body's lined up way more now than when I was in my 20s. And I enjoy getting older and growing and getting better each decade. But you got to have that. You got to be positive about it. And you got to look at things in an overall total sense that this is possible. You can be better as you age. It's not some weird stuff people are saying like, oh, let's just have a positive outlook and whatever. No, it's true. You can get better as you age. Don't let people tell you lies about it, you know? No, I'm, I'm so with you, and, and I look so forward to having more conversations like this. And um, I'm going to be on your side of the pond, as we call it, Ooh. really soon. And, and I'm looking so forward to, to talking more about um, how, you know, this is, this is not hard. This is really not hard. Little simple things can change your life and really give you control of, of how things unfold. And they can unfold as opposed to unravel. And I think that that is, you know, mm. that is, I mean, it's exciting. You know, I'm excited about life. I, I'm excited about all the fun things that I've got ahead of me. Oh, let things unfold, not unravel. Well said. I think we should end it on that. That was amazing. You are amazing, Liz. Thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate it. Darren, thank you so much for having me, and um, I, I enjoyed our hour tremendously, and you keep doing your work, and I'll, I'll keep doing mine, and, and hopefully one day we'll have started a movement. That's a bet. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Good night. All right, good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.